Welcome into another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here, here alongside Justin Barney. And the Jaguars have been busy in free agency, bringing in some uh, new faces to add some talent to this roster. Uh, Jaguars were very aggressive this yeah, year. Yeah, and that's I would have not <laughs> picked that to happen. Uh, in uh, the News for Jags newsletter, I thought it would be a very disappointing performance. I thought, just like last year, they'd come in with a lot of money to spend and go with the, the bargain values like they did last year. You know, the conspiracy theory that's been floated out there was that it was all a setup. They realized Urban wasn't going to cut it, and so they went for this value. They were like, you know what, if we give him a bad roster, he'll stink up the place and get on out the door. Um, because because this is completely polar opposite. Yes. Last year was all about value. We wanted to look for value, and this year they're like, take the money. Take the money. Yeah, <laughs> It makes sense, uh, and I, I really thought it would be a repeat of last year. Maybe with a an addition, you know, an additional big money signing. Maybe one of those guys, but completely the opposite of what I thought. And I think probably a lot of a lot of people thought. I don't think um, just the consensus was the Jaguars were going to open the wallets like they did. And boy, did they ever! I mean, the Christian Kirk signing. Um, since shockwaves around the NFL really helped reset the receiver market. Don't know if I like that signing as much considering that Allen Robinson uh, signed more of a, of a friendly deal with the Rams. So I, to me, if you're, if you're looking at Christian Kirk, Allen Robinson, I would take A-Rob over Christian Kirk, um, even at, uh, at obviously he get less money too. So I'm, I'm just not sold on Christian Kirk as that, uh, that number one receiver. I think my biggest question going into free agency was who's going to be that number one receiver? You've got to find that guy, and I don't feel like they've really found that and addressed that situation uh, even with free agency. I like Kirk. I, I think it was too much to pay for him, uh, but you still have that problem is who is going to be that dynamic receiver that they sorely lacked last year. They really haven't addressed that. You know, I, I think – I know I'm higher on Allen Robinson right now, but based on the signings that the Jaguars have gone for, they're looking for those, to steal a term from some of the NBA general managers, those young veteran players that have been around a few years, but they want guys that are kind of arrows pointing upward. Um, while Allen Robinson's probably nearing the tail end of his career, Christian Kirk's still very much entering that prime of his career. So they, that that's clearly what they were looking for. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, maybe they had even taken a guy like Allen Robinson off of their list. Because if you just look at some of these guys, Darius Williams, a guy who's entering his career, this, I mean, this is his first big contract. Uh, Christian Kirk, first big contract. Uh, uh, Foye Oliokun, or Olukun, he first big contract. Hasn't been in the NFL that long. Foley Fatukasi, first big contract. All these guys are, are hitting that free agent yeah, market, it's... cashing in there. There's young vets that kind of made it through the, the restricted, the rookie deal kind of stages of their career and still have a lot of uh, a, a lot left in their career ahead of them, and that's clearly what uh, Trent Baalke wanted. He wanted to bring in people who could grow with Trevor Lawrence, yeah, ideally, and is what it looks if like. If you look at the guys, I mean, Darius Williams is the old guy of the group at 28. Everybody else, 27 and under, and these are guys, if you look at that, Adam, I mean, they're all guys who are getting that big second contract, and I think if you, you look at that formula there, it's they're paying the guys that are at that 25, 26, 27-year-old mark and uh, endowing them with a, a nice second contract with the um, you know, exception of Evan Ingram, who you know, basically just signed a one-year prove-it deal with the team. Everybody else is, is locked up for a few years. Which they said they wanted yeah. to sign Evan to a multi-year deal, but he, he wanted to he just not. sign the one-year deal. And right. that makes, you know, I think that was a, uh, 
a good signing for them. I mean, Evan Ingram, if you can upgrade that tight end position, which I think they did with his signing, he's a guy who's got a lot to prove, left uh, yeah, a little disappointing career as a first-round pick up in New York. Uh, he gets a chance to come to Jacksonville and reprove himself. And Trevor needs a pass-catching tight end. Uh, nothing against Dan Arnold, but I think a guy like Evan Ingram, that athleticism, the speed, I think he is a, a, a – an, I don't know if a significant upgrade over him, uh, but he's a significant upgrade over Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, those kind of guys. Um, so I like that, but I think Evan Ingram's a, a plug-and-play guy. He's going to be that starter at tight end over Dan Arnold right now. All right, let's circle back around to where you were at for a, a second ago before we kind of got into all the free agents. You were mentioning that they needed to kind of get that number one receiver, which they kind of got a guy in Christian Kirk that they think is heading upward. Now, obviously, he's had an interesting career playing. Probably one of the few guys I can say they've played with multiple Hall of Famers mm-hmm. at their position. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins probably going in the Hall of Fame. A.J. Green probably going in the Hall of Fame. Larry Fitzgerald definitely going yeah. into the Hall of Fame. Um, so he, he does have a lot of leadership that he's been around that could have uh, given him some lessons along the way but you know one of the things that I've kind of been disappointed with this offseason from Trent Baalke and the Jaguars while Christian Kirk is great I don't see him as a guaranteed number one Mm -hmm. and one of the things that you know we kind of went into the offseason is everyone knew they needed to get that number one the Bills went and got Josh Allen Stephon Diggs all of a sudden Josh Allen's great Pat Mahomes always had Tyreek Hill Mm -hmm. Pat Mahomes great Um, the, the Dolphins went and got to a Tyreek Hill now, you know, yeah. and, and and the Jets were at least making a play to try and get Zach Wilson, his guy, in Tyreek Hill. Look at Justin Herbert. He has Keenan Allen. Look at uh, the Raiders got Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. Those, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. These upper echelon quarterbacks, especially when they're young, tend to have great receivers, exactly. at least the ones that, that tend to catch fire very quickly. They have a guy. Um Right now, the Jaguars don't have a guy. Like, yeah. there's nobody who is. I mean, look at Joe Burrow last year. All of a sudden, he catches fire as soon as he has Jamar Chase yep, because exactly. he got a guy. And right now, you know, we kind of talked about this way back that, you know, Trevor Lawrence needed a, a receiver where he could just say, you know, whatever, just throw it up. I know my yep. guy's down there. They're going to go make that play. Is Christian Kirk that guy? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't think. And I think. Um, you know, when I look at this free agency class, I, they filled some holes, and at best case scenario, they got maybe six starters out of this, um, out of this free agency hole. But I don't think they addressed their biggest weakness, and that was who is going to be that alpha at wideout. You look at Trevor Lawrence last year; he was throwing passes to Jamal Agnew, Laquan Treadwell, Marvin Jones. Is Tavon the, Austin? Did Tavon, I mean, is the did they upgrade that position significantly with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk? I don't think so. I think. I think Christian Kirk's an upgrade on Marvin Jones. Uh, so you've got maybe a, 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 one, a 2A and a 2B receiver, but you still don't have that number one guy. I don't think they're going to get him in the draft unless they trade back in and, and uh, in the end of that first round and maybe get a Jamison Williams to become that guy. But I just don't see that um, that major issue of a big-time pass catcher. And, you know, to, to Jacksonville's credit, there weren't a lot of them available. They were tagged and – um, and, and locked back up. Guys coming off ACLs like Chris Godwin re-signed with the Bucks, um, and then Devontae Adams. I, would you have made that trade, which uh, the Raiders did for Devontae Adams? I think that was a lot for Devontae Adams. Yeah, if I, I agree. If I was going after somebody, I mean, Tyreek Hill, also big contract there, but, I mean, not as quite as much draft compensation mm-hmm. for him. So, I mean, I'd have been more interested in that. Um, but, you know, there's always receivers out there that tend to find themselves – 
somewhat available. You can't convince me that you know they couldn't have made a play for Amari Cooper. At the very least, to me, even if you say, okay, well, Amari Cooper doesn't work out, that that's an attempt. Yep. That's an attempt. Amari Cooper is an upper echelon receiver in the league. When he's healthy, he's had some injury problems, but you try, and then maybe you get him there and you rework his deal. I mean, I'd have even you know said if they went and tried to get an Odell Beckham who's coming off of an injury. Okay, you tried. Um, but right now, you know, Christian Kirk is great. I, I have no problem, and I think Christian Kirk can be a high reception kind of guy, but he's never been double covered in his career. Nobody's ever said, you know what we're going to do against the Cardinals? We're going to take away Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. So what are teams going to do when they play against the, the Jaguars? They're going to take away Christian Kirk, and realistically, how is he going to respond to that? We don't know. It's just like DJ Chark. DJ Chark had that one great year, but then as soon as teams started throwing double coverages at him, he disappeared. He became an average he, receiver. And yeah. so you have to find a guy who knows how to handle that double coverage, a guy that defenses say, all right, we got to figure out how to take this guy away, and he's not going to make it easy on us. Um, and they don't have that right now, and I don't think there's very many of those guys in the draft this year. So how do you get that? How do you help your young quarterback? Sure, they have a platoon of solid pass catchers. I, you know, I think Marvin Jones is fine. I think Christian Kirk is fine. I think Zay Jones is fine. I think Laquan Treadwell and Trevor showed some some yeah, uh, yeah. Some, I liked, some I liked stuff Laquan last Treadwell year. Last I think year. I, so. I think they have a lot of fine guys. I think Jamal Agnew has more that he can give as a as an offensive playmaker. Uh, I think Lavishka Chenault can have a bounce back year. They have a lot of fine guys. But if you if you give me this group of receivers that the Jaguars had, and you said who has the best chance of becoming a number one receiver? I stand by what I said last year. I think Lavishka Chenault is probably the only guy in this or has the most tools of any guy in this group to become a number one receiver, and that's after having a horrible year last yeah. year. Yeah, and I, I and again, you've got you mentioned all these guys, and that's what they are is guys. They're guys. Yeah. They're guys, and you know, I think they are. Uh, I do think they improved the receiver position in free agency, but I don't think it did enough um, to address what we really have kind of beat the drum on since probably the middle of last season is who is that guy who we knew what Marvin Jones was when he got here. He showed exactly what he was and what he will be is that um, that capable number two guy. Um, is Christian Kirk that definitive number one? I just don't I don't see it. I think Allen Robinson was a definitive number one, and I think Jacksonville, um, given if I had the chance, Christian Kirk, Allen Robinson, I'm taking A-Rob. Um, I think he is uh, primed for a breakout season. He's going to the Rams, uh, going to try and win a Super Bowl there. But I liked A-Rob. I know he's older. I know he's already had a major injury uh, that Christian Kirk has not had. But I still think that he is more of that number one receiver that Jacksonville has sorely lacked. And um, I think Christian Kirk is, is in that Marvin Jones kind of mold. Great slot receiver, but I think he needs help to be that uh, that exceptional player we saw in Arizona. He, he definitely will need some help around him. I, if I was the Jaguars, I would have been extremely interested in that Robert Woods trade that the Titans made. Uh, not just to keep him out mm-hmm. of a, a, a somebody else in the AFC South, but because Robert Woods is a really good route runner, a really good receiver, and has the chops to at least – he's not you know a top-five receiver in this league, but he's a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd be the best receiver on the roster day one. And they didn't uh, give up they, much for him. And they didn't give up much for him. He's coming off of an injury, but he, he they didn't give up much to get him. The Jaguars could have done that. Um, and they had the salary cap room to absorb that contract. Um, the only guy left that you know at least makes me scratch my head is if he has anything left in the tank is coming from Tennessee too, and that's Julio. I mean, because you start saying, okay, who could be a number one receiver that's out there? 
I mean, there aren't many that we know of that are available for trade right now. I mean, maybe Michael Thomas's relationship with the Saints is sour. Maybe, maybe the Seahawks really want to hit that reset and get rid of DK Metcalf, but somehow I doubt both of those are available. So you say, okay, well, what else could they do to get a one? Do you draft a guy at 33 or try and get back into the first round? Or do you take a swing at a guy like Julio Jones? I might take a swing at Julio Jones rather than giving up the draft capital to go get one of these unproven rookies. I'd I'd take that swing and say maybe if Julio's just had some injury problems, let's at least see what he's got. Can't imagine it's going to cost you twenty million to get the guy here. I mean, I I think you know a one year deal, probably around fifteen, maybe even ten. I I don't even I don't know what he has left though. You know, once those receivers they age very quickly. They do, and I think you saw that with Julio last year. I mean, when he signed with the Titans, it was like, oh my gosh, this is a a dream team over there developing, and he was just a guy. He was forgettable, injury problems, and um, to show you, I mean, two years ago, Julio Jones getting released by any team was just. I mean, so far out of the realm of possibility, and now look at him. He's uh, he's been he's been dealt. He's been cut. Um, those guys tend to age really quickly, and I they think do. Julio right. has aged right in front of our eyes so fast in two short years. I don't know what he has left. But do you really think that? I mean, let's say Jamison Williams. I know both of us are pretty high on him. Do you think him coming off of a major injury as a rookie in the NFL could really roll in here and take over that number one spot? And, and be the go-to guy on this offense from day one, I, uh, especially coming out of rehab. And then the Jaguars are going to have to give up something to get him because, you know, most people think he's going to go somewhere mm-hmm, in the teens. Mm-hmm. So th- we're not talking about a, you know, a late 20s kind of first-round pick. They're going to have to go get this guy, probably give up, you know, probably a first-round pick next year yeah. to go get, to go get I, him if that's the guy. Yeah, I, I do. A lot of earlier mocks had him – towards that 24 to 28, 29 range. So I think that's more doable if he, a guy coming off an ACL, we saw his potential to Alabama. Um, I, I probably would, would be hesitant to give up a number one uh, next year to go up and get him in that, right. in that teen. So um, I think it's more interesting, Jamison Williams, in that, that t- mid-20 range uh, to, to draft him and kind of uh, insert him and, and see where he – Goes. I mean, he's not the he's not a Jamar Chase. He's not a no. Jalen Waddle. Um, so I I do think it's a little much to give up if you're having to jump into the teens for a guy coming off an ACL. Uh, but I like him in that late twenties. Yeah. Well, we'll see if he falls. Maybe he falls. I know there's a guy like Traylon Burks who uh, apparently is a little bit higher in the media than he is on NFL teams. So he might still be there at 33. He's a large target with some athletic ability from Arkansas who could make sense as a draft pick for the Jaguars. But, again, I just don't know that there's a receiver that's in this rookie class that could walk in day one and fill that alpha, that number one role. There's just – I, it, just, I don't. There's a vacancy. I think that, I agree. So that that's why I said you know maybe I kick the tires on a Julio just for you know a rental. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out and you cut him or you move on after a year. I mean I've never heard he's been a locker room problem kind of guy. So you know worst case scenario, you waste some money, he gets a paycheck and you send him home. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's true. Hey, get you know if he's Try bring bring the competition in. I mean he's a. I don't know if he's Hall of Fame material, but I mean he is a guy that can provide some stuff to that locker room for sure, and right. especially that receiver. I, I still, again, I think you. I, mean, I don't think Zay Jones is a starter. I think he's probably a, a number four on this team, um, at best. You said a number four on this team? Yeah, I think you so. sure. I don't. Th- I don't see. Who are your top three then? I. I Kristen think, Kirk, Marvin Jones, who's the third one? I. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if Visca's in there. Um, you know, I, I know you're higher on Visca as a as a receiver, I but think I think Vis- he's, he's better as a Cordero Patterson kind of guy. I, I think. I agree. I think Visca has, but I think Visca has the tools. Here's my thing. I think he has the athletic ability, the speed. He has the size. I mean, if you can get the football in this guy's hands, he has oh, that he, Cordero. Yeah, he, looks, he looks it. I mean, he's never had a problem with drops until last year. Now, the problem that he's had in the NFL, from what I've told, is really absorbing the playbook and knowing these different positions where exactly he needs to be at times. I'll give him a mulligan for last year because that coaching staff, that situation was really bad. As a rookie, we all thought he had a ton of potential. The athletic ability is still there. He didn't have any major injuries last year, just some slight nicks and bruises along the way like everybody does. So at the very least, he has this full offseason to continue working. Um, What would help? would be if he had the same playbook for two years in a row, which That's he hasn't true. had yet. So, I mean, you're going to be going back to this, and maybe Doug's the guy who can say, who can simplify things for him a little bit and say, okay, here's your role, focus on this, and we're going to get the best out of you with it. Um, I would love him in a Cordell-Patterson kind of role, but at the same time, I think the best-case scenario, when you have a guy that's like that's like him, I want him one-on-one 20 yards down the field with a corner and make that corner make a business decision because if not, this dude's going to run you over. Yeah, he's, he looks <laughs> the part. You he know, does. I, 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 he, I mean, he's as big as Leonard Fournette was when he was here. So, I, you know, I, him against linebackers, great, fine. Him against a cornerback? Oh, we, we're, we're in business at that point. So I, just, I think he still has the potential to be it, but he has to put it together, and he hasn't as of yet. Again, I'll give him a mulligan for last year because, you know, we've seen more oh, and more yes. of this Urban Meyer stuff just uh, it was bubbling under the surface. You know, the way guys were able to deal with that stuff is, is, is a miracle in and of itself. Yeah, I agree. And, again, I, I'm not – I don't – I. I just am not as high on the receiving core out of free agency as no. again it it no. improved yes but I still think you're going to run into the same problems as you did last year you know unless you have that Evan Ingram guy uh, that role kind of becomes more of a receiving threat at, at tight end um, I just don't know if Zay Jones Christian Kirk Marvin Jones or you know Lavisca Chenault whatever it, it really is. That huge of an upgrade, you know? I, I just don't see it. It's not. Um, I, I would have much, again, I go back to it, I, Allen Robinson, I think he would have been a bigger impact as, at that alpha role as uh, as opposed to a Christian Kirk. But, Correct. you know, Kirk's only 25, and um, he's a, a smaller guy, like a Tyreek Hill, 5'10", um, not nearly as fast as, as no, a Cheetah, no, but um, I do think um, I think he's more positioned for that Marvin Jones kind of slot role, that, that secondary receiving right. target. I think the talent is better this year or so far than it was a year ago. Now, when I say that, I don't mean like there's not the upper echelon talent, mm-hmm. but the cluster of talent is a little bit better. Like I'll take Zay Jones over Tavon Austin, which is your essential mm-hmm. trade right now that we've gotten. Um, if you say DJ Chark or Christian Kirk, I mean, at the very least, uh, you know, Kirk doesn't have a history of missing games. I'd say they're probably comparable when healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you, you have – while the talent is a little bit higher, I mean, you still don't have, like you said, that upper echelon guy. We don't have that number one. We don't have that A1. Um, speaking of one, the Jaguars have that number one overall pick. Everybody's kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do with that pick. There was a point where, you know, it was kind of almost a consensus. People thought they were going to take a tackle, whether it was Evan Neal or Akeem Aquanu. Uh, but the Jaguars franchise tag Cam Robinson. As I've said multiple times, Trent Bulky loves Cam Robinson and says he wants to work out a long-term deal to keep Cam here in Jacksonville. 
they signed Brandon Sheriff, who's your right guard. Um, Walker Little maybe competing with Jawan Taylor at right tackle, but you know Trent Baalke also threw out that Walker Little could probably play left guard. So um, left guard would be the only position left open on that offensive line. It's tough to picture them drafting Neal or Kwanu to play left guard, especially if they work out a long-term deal mm-hmm. with Cam Robinson. Yeah, I, I don't think – even beforehand, I did not think offensive line at number one. I don't think either of those guys is a cornerstone guy to draft at number one when you've got pass rush. To me, the, the upside is higher on an Aiden Hutchinson than Iquanu or Evan Neal. I mean, pass rushers in the NFL – very difficult to find, and Jacksonville has uh, exactly one of those guys on the team right now, Josh Allen, and he needs some help. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson off the edge and Josh Allen off the edge, a little bit better to me. I, I like Cam Robin, uh, Cam signing the or the franchise tag of Cam Robinson, that deal, if they can get him signed to a longer-term deal. Again, we've, we've said this numerous times on the podcast. You know what you're getting with Cam Robinson. Um, he is an average to an above average tackle, and mm-hmm. I think he, I think that is fine. He was not the problem on that offensive line last year at all. So I think him continuing to grow, um, another franchise tag for him. He's getting paid regardless. Um, so I do think I, I don't think they're going to rescind that offer. I don't think they're going to go tackle yeah. um, at that top spot um, unless they trade down in, in some scenario. But I think it's got to be um, Aiden Hutchinson at this point, or you know, Trevon Walker. Is are we we're getting that momentum right now? But I still think it's getting ready to take. This I thing still too, think and... it's I still think it's Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Mel Kiper in his uh, latest mock draft for ESPN. Um, went to Hutchinson, and I think you're seeing that more develop. If Jacksonville stays at one, they're going to take Aiden Hutchinson. So here's the question, Mark. Uh, yes, Trayvon Walker is the name that's gaining momentum. He's had this kind of meteoric rise, had a really good combine. Uh, obviously, the defensive end out of Georgia there, not a name that we've talked a whole lot about as in the conversation for the number one pick, but he does have characteristics um, that Trent Bulky has liked in the past. He has the arm length that Trent Bulky has shown a preference for when he's taken guys like Alden Smith in the past, um, it's guys with these long arms. Trayvon Walker has those. Um, tested really well at the Combine. I mean, he profiles as a uh, 4-3 defensive end. Um, doesn't have a whole lot of pass rush production, but he has a whole lot of potential where people say his potential or his ceiling would be even higher than that of uh, Aiden Hutchinson because Hutchinson, while he is a very good athlete, not exactly a great lateral-moving athlete, Walker excels there. Um, So the question mark now is, is Walker going to be the guy and are the Jaguars going to surprise the world and take this guy from Georgia with that number one pick? I don't know. Uh, that's gonna that would definitely upset a lot of people if they did do it. But let's let's think about this here. Aiden Hutchinson said that he was only planning to do a private workout with one team, the Jaguars, and then he canceled it after one of his teammates got hurt at their pro day. He said, "Now nah, we're good." And the, you know the report was that the Jaguars were okay with that, and they probably are. They understand. But Trayvon Walker still di- is still has been <laughs> hanging out with the Jaguars and um, apparently has met with Trent Baalke and, and company doing his private workout for them. So now they've got hands on one guy that they are very interested in and one guy that they've only seen work out at the Combine and do a bench press at his pro day as opposed they were able to put Trayvon Walker through the paces. So this is going to be a very interesting decision. We'll have to wait and see if this continues to kind of gain some momentum. 
I don't know if uh, if they pick Walker, I will be confused. I'll tell you yes. that right now. But, you know, uh, they've done crazier things in the past. They have. <laughs> I still think if you can trade down, you trade down. I don't know if there's that buzz from Malik Willis to possible trade up. I, you know, the, the pro day hype for him, uh, possibly Detroit taking him at number two. I don't know if a team's going to come up and jump Detroit to trade for Malik Willis. That's kind of the buzz right now. Um, and it, I, I don't know if you're Jacksonville. Do you trade down? You get a you get a decent offer. Do you trade down and um, still take a, a tackle, maybe at five, seven, something like that? Um, I just don't know that trade up option. Are you going to get enough back to to trade down and lose out on a, a Hutchinson or a, you know a pass rusher like that at number one? Well, if Walker's their guy, they clearly. I mean, it doesn't seem like they're interested in Thibodeau. If Walker's their guy, you trade down, you still get him probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. The interesting thing will be if anybody's making offers to trade up because that's the problem. It takes two to tango. You can want to trade down. Trade ball, you said they're open for business, but somebody's got to call and make you some kind of offer. Yeah, and what what pick. offer can you, you know, what offer can you come up if you're a team right now? Who would be a guy you come up and get right now if you're another team? There's nobody. nobody. That's the problem. Nobody. I mean, unless you're unless you're Detroit and you want to secure Aiden Hutchinson and keep him at home. And the you know the Jaguars are threatening to take him, and you say, okay, well we'll give you something so we can get him. Unless you're um, outside of that, like Malik Willis is, you know he's not scheduled to go that high. I mean, do you really want Evan Neal if you really need your left tackle and you're just sold on Evan Neal? Maybe, but there's no guy in this draft that gotta have him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm coming to get this guy player in the draft this year. So it seems like the Jaguars are going to have to sit and take this pick. Um, whether it's Hutchinson, whether it's Neal, Aquanu, Walker, it, I don't think there's going to be very much opportunity to move down. And I agree. I, I, the lack of a guy who throws the ball at the most important yes. position in all of sports is really hurt them this year. You know, this is not a Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson year where you have multiple quarterbacks that's um, that are in that top uh, top five. You just don't have that guy this year, and unfortunately, you know, next year if we were in a in a different draft year, Jacksonville's drafting number one next year. There's uh, quite a few more opportunities for uh, the 2023 quarterback class uh, to have that number one guy. You just don't have it this year. I don't know what what kind of value, you know, word that Trent Baalke loves, is going to be there for Jacksonville to move down from one to. I mean, who in that top five to seven needs a quarterback? To trade up and get. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, the teams that like Malik Willis, you know, Seattle likes him. I mean, but there's nobody that's like dying to get a quarterback with mm-hmm. high picks. There's nobody. There's nobody with those high picks that's just dying to get a quarterback. You know, but there's a lot of quarterback movement still to go, and that's what that's the other thing that's hurt you is that there's so much quarterback movement going on. I mean, Baker Mayfield's still hanging out there, probably going to end up on a new team. So it, it's tough to figure out who really needs a guy. I mean, the Saints could use a quarterback, but they're not that high in the draft. Uh, like I said, I, I think I'm already mentioned that the uh, you know there's there's just not there's no team. There's just not. There's, there's just not. There's not this huge need. I mean, teams somebody's going to take quarterbacks, but there's no team dying to get a guy. And there's not a quarterback that they're dying to get. So it's a combination of need and want. Um, that's killing you. I mean, at one point, I thought the Colts were the most quarterback-needy team until they got Matt Ryan. I think ultimately the Falcons want a quarterback, and they're going to draft a guy, but how badly do they want one? I mean, I've heard that, you know, they like Marcus Mariota pretty good and probably will start him this year over 
whoever they draft. So, you know, it, it, there's not a combination of need and want. Yeah, and, you know, interesting, um, after the pro days this week of uh, at Liberty, um, ESPN's uh, Jordan Reed and Matt Miller, they're, they're draft analysts over there, think it's a very likely possibility that, number two, the Lions take Malik Willis. So that is an interesting thing. So um, I – that's the. I think that's the only way Jacksonville can trade out of that top, that, out of that top spot. If one of these quarterbacks, probably Malik Willis, gets that hype, that buzz, closer the draft gets to us, we're just about a month out, and Detroit is locked in on Malik Willis and can't, uh, you can't just can't afford the thought of another team coming up and and scooping him and uh, grabbing him. So I don't think it'll be a trade up for a defensive guy or an offensive tackle. I think it's going to be that if there is a trade, it's going to be somebody coming up to secure that the uh, the Malik Willis kid. Um, that's ESPN saying that, that uh, he could go as high as two to the Lions. So interesting to see the the smoke screens, the buzz, and everything as it uh, as it shakes out. But I do think Jacksonville stays put at one. Would that be Mark Brunel saving this franchise <laughs> again? Would that be would that be how that, that would works? Be, yeah. <laughs> or or the Jaguars screw Mark Brunel yeah. and leave him with Jared Goff. <laughs> one way or another, we'll, we'll I guess we'll have to wait and see how it works out. But you know if if the Lions do go up and get Malik Willis and trade with the Jaguars. That uh, that's that's Mark Brunel, the quarterback coach there in Detroit, uh, coming to the rescue. Yeah, oh. would get a chance to work with uh, uh, the, the kid again. His upside, I guess, is, is high, but um, you know, Jared Goff probably the the starter this year in Detroit at least for one more season. Yeah, we'd we'd have to make sure we refresh his name in that pride of the Jaguars if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we still got a little bit of time to the NFL draft, so in the next news for Jags, we'll probably still be doing a little bit of draft talk. Hopefully, uh, we start to get a little bit of a clearer picture of what the Jaguars are planning to do with that top pick. Um, but until then, uh, we appreciate you tuning in, and we'll see you next time.